This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from experts across the U.S. Ringler Associates, celebrating 35 years of successfully helping injured people and their families. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations. And once again, we're very glad you could join us. Well, today we're coming to you from the 2011 Ringler Associates annual meeting out here in sunny Newport Beach, California. And uh, we've all been back east uh, in the snow, so this is quite, quite a good respite for us. And it's quite beautiful. Well, today on Ringler Radio, we're going to take a look at one of the uh, most visible examples of the recent economic crisis, uh, the U.S. government's investment in AIG. As uh, many of you will recall, the government invested quite a large amount into AIG. And today we'll explore how AIG is going about repaying that amount. It's quite a, quite a nice story. And we'll also take uh, a talk some uh, more specifically about American General Life Insurance Company and uh, see what they're all about these days. And in order to do that, we're going to have joining us today Mary Jane Fortin. Mary Jane is the President and Chief Executive Officer of American General Life. She assumed this role with American General in August 2009 and previously served as Senior Executive Vice President, Chief Administrative Officer, and Chief Financial Officer for American General uh, along the way. In this role, she was responsible for all American General staff and shared service functions, which include strategic marketing, business development, human resources, legal and compliance, product development, and information technology. In addition to her financial responsibilities, she did all of that. Mary Jane, you sound like you had a lot on your plate there. Uh, welcome to Ringler Radio. Thank you very much, Larry. It really is great uh, to be here on the show with you today, and I'm very excited to talk with you and your audience about all the great activity going on at both AIG and American General. Well, you know, so it's quite a story at AIG. Uh, we've been reading about it, I know, in the financial press, and it's great to be able to talk to you today about it. So let's do first things first. Tell us about the progress AIG is making in uh, paying back the U.S. government. Okay, well, let, let's a couple things. Uh, you know, a significant milestone occurred for us in January. Uh, in January, and, and you may have seen some of this in the press, we essentially executed what we're describing as our recapitalization plan. And what that meant exactly is that with this recapitalization plan, we expect to be able to deliver on the promise that we made to the American people back in September of 08 when they were gracious enough to support us and help us with their extraordinary assistance. And so with that, uh, we did a couple things. So uh, in January, we paid back in full the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Mm -hmm. We owed them about $21 billion. That was the amount outstanding on the credit that we had with them. That money was essentially raised through the sale of several of our assets, which I'm sure you've read about in, yes. in, in the context of Alico and AIA. Mm -hmm. So by shedding those assets, selling those assets, we were able to repay the Federal Reserve Bank of New York in full. The second key piece to that, Larry, is essentially... The Treasury held preferred stock in AIG, about $49 billion worth of preferred stock, and that was converted to common stock. Why did we do that? It's a much more liquid security, and it allows uh, the Treasury to monetize that 
that investment. And so today, the uh, Fed has 1.6 billion shares mm-hmm. of AIG's common stock. And with that is a lot of activity uh, that we're all involved in, which is what we're characterizing as a re-IPO of AIG, where essentially uh, the Fed will sell that common stock out to institutional investors out in the open market. And the expectation with that is that we would do that in the March or May timeframe. And so we've got a lot of activity around helping uh, the sale of their common stock uh, interests, uh, which will be done over time. You know, the, the March and May period will be more of a first tranche, the size of that TBD, uh, but a lot of activity around that. So with that, really, it's, it's a great feeling to be able to, you know, repay uh, the American people in full. Uh, and the exciting thing about this as well, I think this is one that, is important that we feel especially good about is that depending on what the value of our stock is when they sell it, that, that the American taxpayer could likely Make realize a profit. A profit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. isn't that awesome? Well, so, not only is it awesome, but uh, you know, if you look back when this first occurred, uh, there was so much skepticism about the ability of any of these uh, institutions, yes. and especially AIG, yes. to do that, have a repayment yes. like that. It's nice to be able to. Uh, have a, a, a happy ending to that story because it was, as you said, a very uh, uh, nice, gracious thing for the American public to do for AIG and to be able to pay that back with potentially a profit is really a feather in AIG's cap. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Larry, in that there clearly was a lot of skepticism and uncertainty around how much would AIG really be able to repay uh, the taxpayer. And, and you're right, you know, and just to put it in context, um, Today, our stock trades at about $40, and, and we won't know you know, where the stock will be when they monetize their or sell their asset, their common stock. But as of right now, to the extent that they were to sell all of their common stock at $30 a share, they would break even. So anything above $30, for every dollar above $30, the U.S. taxpayer will receive a profit of a billion eight. Well, that's... For every dollar. So if you just look at today, the fact that we're sitting at 40, if they were able to sell all of it today, you do the math, 10 times 1.8 is a pretty nice profit. Terrific. <laughs> so, terrific. so, yeah. Un- unfortunately great. for the U.S. government, that's probably a, a couple of uh, typewriters in the in the uh, Defense Department, all right? <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask you about AIG Financial Products. Uh, does that entity still exist? It does. I think the other the piece that's important to recognize here is, and this began really in September of '08, is a lot of work around winding down uh, SP and really de-risking their trade portfolio. Um, so it does exist, but it is a much smaller book uh, that we hold today. Yeah, just to give you put it in context for you. In the fall of 2008, you know, the value, the notional value of their trades that they had out in the open market was about $2 trillion. A lot of work has been done around de-risking that, closing out those trades. And as we sit here at the end of the third quarter, uh, we're at about $500 billion. So clearly a lot of you know, reduction in the amount of activity that was on the books. I think the other key piece there is that with that de-risking, there's been a lot of minimizing of the volatility in the book. Um, the models suggest that you know they've really 
eliminated about 94% of the volatility in what's remaining. So, you know, at, at the time of, of the bailout, clearly this was an area that was seen as a significant, you know, systemic risk area. Right. Uh, it's been concluded that's not, no longer the case. Um, and so essentially what we have is a, you know, a book of business that's essentially in runoff and, and has really been de-risked in a great, in a significant way. Well, that is significant. So that's kind of, you no, know, that's a good, that's, that's a good are. news piece of that for sure. Uh, I know the public was, uh, led to believe at least that the, that entity was the source of most of the, uh, the, uh, the hardship. There clearly were issues there and those issues have, have been dealt with. And, Good. you know, a lot of people even within, you know, within the FP organization helping to rectify and, and reduce the, the issues that, you know, that, that that book had. Well, you know, you don't, you don't get to the point where, you, where you're about to potentially repay this government uh, loan without great leadership. And uh, tell me about, uh, Bob Ben Moshe, tell me about what it's like to work with him and, and what I, I know we've all heard about some health issues with him too, but uh, tell me about his leadership in, all, in this process and how that's helped uh, get you where you are today. Bob Ben Moshe, uh, let's, it, it, you know, from where I sit, uh, he's been a blessing for our organization. And, you know, in terms of working with him, I, I can tell you I get asked that question quite a bit. And from where I sit, it's been an absolute privilege to be part of his team. Um, I say that because the words that you use, leader, he, he is an absolute incredible leader um, and on multiple fronts and, and, you know, a couple of things. Clearly, you know, he has an incredible amount of experience, right? So he, as I say here in Texas, you know, this was not Bob's first rodeo uh, when he uh, took on the helm of, of AIG in 2008. You know, he took on a job that not no one really wanted. Um, it was an incredible assignment that he was willing to take on and, that's been satisfying to me to have someone like Bob sitting in that chair is that he, given his background, you probably know he came from MetLife, a lot of years in the business. He understands American general. He understands our businesses. He understands our markets. You know, he understands what they are, what they're not. And clearly, you know, when he came in, he understood what our challenges were. At the same time, he also saw the opportunities that exist um, for us. And so for me, he's been very supportive and helpful to me personally as we've kind of worked together to, with my team to, to shape our strategies and our approach to the market and how do we build our way back. Um, and so it's been great from, from that perspective. And I, I also remember reading uh, about when you were trying to sell some of these entities and the price for those entities, as you know, was, was a real key issue. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't just willing to to, to sell at any price, he he was looking to uh, to maximize value to to be able to get the uh, this mm-hmm. this loan repaid at the right price. So that was uh, that I think took some uh, financial guts there at the time. Yeah, it was clear to me. You know, he joined in August of '09 around the same time that I um, assumed my role as CEO of American General, and it was very clear to me that he had been given a lot of thought to the assignment that he was taking on, and and how was he going to approach this. Um, and you're absolutely right. You know, bargain basement prices were not going to work with Bob. And he quickly, you know, at that point, what he quickly recognized was that, you know, he knew he needed to sell and shed certain assets in order to pay back the Fed and the Treasury. Um, but he was going to do it on his terms. And when he and when capital markets, you know, allowed for that to get the value that was there. And clearly, time has proven out that his strategy was absolutely the right approach to take. And, you know, I, I sit here today and, and 
really thrilled with the fact that how quickly we were able to execute on that strategy. Uh, in some ways, the recapitalization plan, you know, happened a little sooner than some of us would have expected. But clearly, the asset sales, the Alico and the AIA sales were, and, and Nanshan is also going to um, close. The um, Star and Edison just closed this week. Those were sold to Prudential. So a lot of great activity and value that's been obtained for the businesses. No question about it. Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit here now and talk about the company that you're uh, you're running at this moment, and that's American General Life. How does American General Life fit into the AIG group of companies? In our business as brokers, and when we go out and, and sell American General Life, sometimes we get asked that question a lot. And, and, and why don't you give us your perspective on how American General fits into that? Network. Sure. I, I think the best way to approach that is maybe to start at the AIG level and really, you know, kind of give you a paint the picture of what AIG is going forward. Um, and essentially, and, and this is really the vision that Bob, you know, had when he started here in August of 09. What, what he articulated at that point was that he believed there would still be an AIG, albeit it would be a much smaller AIG. And what he envisioned at that point was that. Well, the U.S. life and retirement services businesses of AIG, which we broadly define as Sun America Financial Group, and I'll get to that in a minute, as well as Chartis, the global property casualty insurer that I know you're very familiar with, yes. that those two entities would be at the nucleus, at the core of the AIG going forward. And so Sun America Financial Group is represents AIG's U.S. life and retirement services businesses, okay? And American General sits within Sun America Financial Group. And we at American General essentially represent the life and mortality, morbidity-based businesses in the U.S. In addition to that, some of my sister companies would be Western National, mm -hmm. the leading writer of fixed annuities through banks in the country, 15 years in a row. Valic provides 403B type plans to teachers and K through 12 is their principal market. Mm -hmm. And then Sun America Retirement is the variable annuity writer here in the U.S. So that comprises Sun America Financial Group, which when you put it all together, Larry, is about $225 billion of assets under management. We're a top five life company in the U.S. with earnings of about you know, $4 billion a year, roughly, you know, give or take. So Sun America Financial Group represents going forward, about half of the AIG going forward. And then if you take Sun America Financial Group, American General is about 40% of Sun America Financial Group well, going that, forward. It's clearly, so, clearly a large size, a large chunk of, uh, of that is American General. So uh, Exactly, exactly. So we are a big piece of the future. And so what we do together is, is very visible and critical and important. And that's what's really exciting to us at American General. And, and it sounds like the AIG strategy is kind of back to basic strategy, back to the, the core businesses, the, the property casualty business, the life business, the, uh, the annuity business, some of those core businesses which uh, have you know, kept... Uh, AIG strong all these years, and maybe move away from some of the more exotic uh, aspects of it. Is that is that a fair statement? Well, I, I would say a couple things. I would say that clearly, you know, the global reach, particularly at the you know in, on the worldwide life side, has has changed a lot of that due to the you know the, the fact that we needed to repay the taxpayer. Um, so absolutely, I think it's a much easier company to understand going forward. 
Um, you know, if you go back a few years ago, you know, I joined in 2006 and, you know, we had a lot of different businesses across the globe, different sectors, different segments. And so now you're absolutely right in that, you know, it's a life and property casualty company uh, with a strong footprint in the U.S. Uh, for, for the life and retirement in particular. And you've got a global reach on the PNC side, which, you know, is a real growth engine for, uh, you know, Chartis and AIG going forward. Well, you know, it's interesting. One of the questions that's folks may have is whether or not American General was ever up for sale. Was American General ever considered to be one of those entities to uh, for AIG to sell uh, while they were trying to, you know, complete their strategy here? So, so right. So, you know, you go back to September of 08 and, and that's when the, you know, the support came sure. in, the assistance came in. And so it's, the next assignment was, okay, how are we going to pay back all this money? Because we clearly all wanted to pay back the government and then the taxpayer for their help. And at that point, you're right, Larry, the, the approach was that the worldwide life and retirement services businesses would all be sold. That included American General. And so we went through a period of preparing ourselves for sale. Um, at that time, we all here at American General were very focused on making sure we took care of our customers and, and our policyholders and our distribution partners because our view was, you know, whoever our parent is, there's a lot of value here. We want to build, we're building a legacy company. We've had a history of over 150 years. We don't want that to change. And, and so it doesn't matter who our parent is, we're just going to stay focused on our business here at American General. And that was really what we tried to do. While some of us as CFOs, that's you know very involved in you know the offering memorandum, the due diligence activities, um, and a lot of those activities, and then you know essentially we were taken off the market because if you remember, and then you got in the market started to continue to seize, and it just was a difficult right. environment for all life carriers and and around the globe, and so um, that became a difficult strategy to execute. And then um, you know with Bob coming in in August, clearly he you know readjusted that strategy. Uh, and was very clear, you know, on very early on that we were part of AIG going forward, and and he liked it that way, and and we liked it too. So yeah, exactly. I know where we are. Exactly. Did, didn't you also have to deal with a hurricane back at that time? I thought, uh, you know, Houston was uh, devastated. I think by that hurricane, and you you folks at American General were right in the middle of all that, as I remember. Well, it was. Um, you know, as I like to say, you know, we're writing a, we have a long history with a lot of, with a, a book that we're all writing or in a new chapter. And that is one chapter that, although it's a very riveting chapter, it's one that I don't like to go back to very often. But, you know, if you go back to September of 08, we're just going to do it for a little bit because it pains yeah. me every time I go back there. It's like there. a perfect but, storm. Um, it, well, it was, you know, we, especially as CFO at the time, we were very, we were working, supporting Mr. Wilmstead and the group in New York, they were getting ready for a board meeting that was going to be held. And so I'd been working on this, you know, board meeting preparation and my colleagues were like, you don't know that there's a hurricane coming in. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm in a hurricane right now, you know? Yeah. So I like to say that we really dealt with two hurricanes. Metaphorically speaking, yes. That's right. We had hurricane energy and we had hurricane um, Ike, but well, it was amazing to me because I the hurricane hit. I headed to Dallas because I was working closely with our New York colleagues. To, we were trying to raise liquidity at the time, and um, the, what was striking to me, Larry, was you had people here that you know on their radios and on their you know in their in their cars were listening to what was going on, you know, not knowing you know how this was going to impact them, but yet getting in their cars, coming into work because they wanted to process claims and. Yeah, sure. You know, process the premiums, and yeah, even when I talk about it today, I still get incredibly emotional about it. I was amazed at the resiliency of dedication. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, they say I have an expression down. I've learned a lot of Texas expressions since I moved down here uh, to Houston, and they have an expression, and they say Texas tough. Yeah. So these guys had been through a lot. You know, they they'd been through consolidation, they'd been through integration, they'd been through periods of uncertainty, and and they had really, in many ways, were kind of prepared for this 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 battle that we all had to take on together. So no it's a closed no chapter now, Larry. So. No question. Well, I was going to say, it looks like, the, <laughs> looks like the storm clouds have passed both literally and figuratively. Yeah, so yeah. let's take a quick break right now, and then let's get into uh, talking about American General today and the future of American General. That's we'll be, great. We'll okay. be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for 35 years. Ringler Radio is celebrating its sixth year right here on the Legal Talk Network, produced by broadcast professionals. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or legaltalknetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in the settling of physical injury claims. Experience counts. Over $23 billion in structures benefiting 166,000 injured individuals and their families. And one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. Did you know Ringler Radio is one of the top three rated shows in iTunes? Thanks to all of our listeners who download all the Ringler Radio shows. We invite you to listen to other shows on the Legal Talk Network. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and I'm joined here today by Mary Jane Fortin, President and Chief Executive Officer of American General Life Insurance Company uh, down in Houston, Texas. Well, uh, you know, Mary Jane, clearly there were concerns about financial strength since the crisis. Uh, we, we see it every day in our business with all life companies. Talk about American General's financial strength and how the company is performing uh, since the crisis. Okay, great. Um I'd love to get to get into this question. This is one that, you know, is a great story and it's one that we're pretty proud of. And I can tell you that as the crisis hit, the the focus for us was around fortifying our balance sheet, fortifying our financial strength, because we knew that we needed to make sure that we could deliver a strong message to our consumers and to our distribution partners that we were strong and healthy and would be here to meet our promises in the future as we had for the last 150 years. So, you know, a lot of work was done. It has been done around strengthening the balance sheet. And it's as we sit here today, Larry, 
our risk-based capital levels, which already measure financial strength, are significantly higher today than they were at the end of 2007 before the crisis hit. Um, you know, we finished the third quarter with an RBC ratio above 450. So just a lot of strength in the capital and surplus position of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went through that period. Clearly, there were, you know, there was an elevation in, in lapse activity. And that has now subsided to normal levels. As we sit here today, we continue to serve 14 million policyholders. We've got over 900 billion of life insurance on the books. Uh, through the nine month, if you look at our 12 month results through 930, because we're in a quiet period right now, so we can't go through our year end results. But if you looked at our 12 months through September 30, American General earned a billion five pre-tax operating income, mm-hmm. uh, excluding realized capital losses. So, the the resiliency, the 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 enforced base of American General withstood that perfect storm very well. It, it has thrown off a lot of cash flow, a lot of resiliency that has helped us strengthen the capital position. And as we sit here today, I would tell you we're a much stronger company today than we were, as I said, at the end of 2007 before the crisis hit. So I take a lot of comfort yeah. uh, and pride in that. And, of course, for the audience out there listening uh, that might not be so involved with the, with the numbers, uh, the simple simple way to say it is that you're, you're making those life insurance benefit payments, those annuity payments on time, like clockwork, just like you always have. Oh, absolutely. As I said, $35 billion in claims we've paid out in the last five years, and, and that we're going to continue to, that we're going to honor our claims and our promises. Well, how has the, how has the culture down there at American General changed since September 2008? After going through what you went through and, and coming back stronger than ever, uh, how do you feel about the culture you've uh, you've helped uh, develop down there? You know, I you know I think we've touched on some of that uh, in some of our you know some of the earlier commentary, but I would tell you I, I think I would tell you it's a organization that is incredibly resilient. So I would a resilient culture. It is a can do, a winning spirit, and, and I see this out in the Amarillo. That's our where we have our chartered settlement business, as you likely know. Sure. The employees there, every single one of them, they are an incredibly invigorated. I would also say at this point, Larry, that there's a really a renewed focus on the customer. You know, we know that our, you know distribution was impacted as we were during that difficult period, and we've got to really resolidify, win back those relationships, and so really making sure that we are out servicing, out supporting, uh, out selling is a key you know key part of our view of how we're going to win back and continue to you know claw our way back from where we were. And so I would really characterize it as an incredibly resilient workforce that is incredibly focused and reinvigorated by the events of the last few months. Well, let me just say, as a broker who interacts with American General uh, almost daily, uh, and as my office does, and as all of us as brokers do, not just with Ringler, uh, you've got some great people down there in, in Amarillo, and, and throughout the organization, we've uh, we've had great relationships with them, and and you know the fact that there's a continuity and consistency there has been very helpful to us, uh, and I commend you for that. Well, with your C- you. with Thank your you yeah, me. well, no, that's 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 sincere. And with your CFO background, though, Mary Jane, how do you feel? How does how do you feel about structured settlements as a financial uh, part of uh, the portfolio of American General? How does that how does that fit? You know, I, as I as I look at American General and and really worked with my team on strategically where do we want to focus? You know, I, I start with the consumer and what are their needs. And what can we do to help meet those needs? What kind of solutions can we provide? And so as I sit here, 
and look at the structured settlement business and what it's doing for consumers, I sit there and say, I love it and I want to do that all day long. So, so from a, you know, consumer solutions, are we adding, you know, value to our society by helping people manage their income? Um, and, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in, in that business and what we're able to accomplish with, with you and, and your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, from a financial perspective, you know, I, I think what I like about that business is that it gives us a diversification. Uh, you know, American General has been a big player in the life, in the protection-based uh, business. Um, and this is a great hedge against the kind of risks that we take in the life business. Um, and so I like the diversification that it brings to our portfolio. And I can tell you, as I spend time with Jay Wintraub, who runs in America, and, and Bob Benmoshe, that they too see the value that's created not only for our clients and, and their clients, but also, you know, the value that it brings to the portfolio by providing diversification. So, you know, we, we sit here today, we've been a longtime player in that business, and we're no looking way. forward to continuing to participate in that market. Well, speaking of the marketplace, uh, as you know, the market for structured settlements has uh, become smaller over the years. Uh, there are basically only about nine solid big life companies uh, competing in the arena and uh, the commitment that you folks have to the structured settlement business, can you characterize it as uh, strong and, uh, and and forever kind of a, of, of a commitment? Uh, how, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I would say, Larry, for the same reasons that, um, you know, we just talked about in terms of how I think about the structured settlements, it really leads to kind of how we're, you know, how are we positioning this business going forward within the American General and the AIG portfolio of businesses? And, you know, the and you made that comment earlier that I want to go back to the team of professionals in Amarillo. I agree with you. Um, I think they're a standout. I think they're clearly, they've been in the business a long time. They're expert in this business. And, and to me, there's a value add there that we bring to this market that will allow us to continue to be effective and compete in this marketplace. The fact that there's only nine, I kind of like that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I look at that and say, okay, we're going to get a good share there. Um, and so we're looking and continuing to make investments in that business. We're investing in a technology platform. Um, we're looking at, we're going to be implementing a new system uh, with for the illustration system. So you know, as I look at that business, it's one that I want to continue to invest in and I want to continue to see grow. Um, and I believe we've got the people and the talent in place to really make that happen. Well, and that's, that, what I'm really that's, that's about. very good news for uh, all of our listeners who are uh, involved and, and concerned about structured settlements uh, going forward. Uh, I just want to reiterate again, uh, as we deal day to day as a brokerage community uh, and we interact with these various life companies, uh, what's very important is the responsiveness of the people that we're dealing with. Uh, you know, obviously the rate structure that's there to, to, to mm-hmm. enable the, the, the claimants to, to receive, uh, you know, a maximized benefit. Uh, the, the age rating process with medical underwriting, which uh, is important not only from a from an expertise standpoint, but from a timeliness standpoint to get that back mm-hmm. to us. And, uh, you know, I, I can say, and also the marketing aspect of it all, just staying in touch, uh, I can say uh, for all brokers, because I know we all feel the same way about American General, uh, you uh, are right there at the top. You guys have always had a great, great team, and we appreciate uh, the commitment that you're expressing here today about, uh, you know, staying with the product. It's very, very important to us. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Larry. Well, thank you. We appreciate you as well. You need to know that. Well, thank you. And uh, (laughs) how about some final thoughts you have about about American General and its future and and, and how you feel about uh, where where you guys are headed? 
You know, I, I would just say that, you know, as I think about this new chapter, you know, I, I characterize it as one that's poised for growth. And I, you know, I strongly believe that our structured settlement business is a big part of this chapter. Um, and I really just want to thank you and your listeners for their support over the last two years. And I'm counting on their continued support as we really look to execute our plans to really be, be a bigger player um, in, in this space. Well, so thank you. That sounds good for all of us. Uh, Mary Jane, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or, or you wanted to do, uh, they wanted to learn more about American General, how would they do that? The best might be at my email address. Sure. Uh, it's mary.jane. Dot Fortin, F-O-R-T-I-N, at aglife.com. I'd well, love to hear from them. You know what? That's nice that you have that uh, kind of an open-door policy. I, I'm sure you're going to hear from uh, some of our listeners for sure. Well, and anyone, if anybody wants to talk to any uh, or contact any Ringler Associate, ringlerassociates.com, you can reach any of us. Uh, and uh, Ringler Radio shows, of course, are very important to, to listen to. There's a lot of great topics, uh, not only about uh, AIG and American General, but... Uh, just a lot of different topics on the subject of structured settlements that I think would be informative for all of you. And you can reach those uh, Ringler Radio shows by going to ringlerassociates.com, clicking on the link for Ringler Radio, or go to Legal Talk Network, where the link also exists. And uh, you can download them uh, even onto your iPod and uh, walk around the city of Houston and listen to uh, Ringler Radio and Mary Jane Fortin at the same Mm -hmm. time. So, Mary Jane, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate uh, what you've given us here. And uh, all the rest of you out there, go have a great day. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. In its sixth year on Legal Talk Network, with over a half a million listeners, Ringler Associates, where experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to all parties involved in physical injury claims. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential.